I find having values-based conversations helps honor the person behind the position and allows for a much stronger and deeper type of a conversation. From there, you can then have additional conversations because those are needed to talk about performance, organizational direction, projects, and whatever the case is. Starting off with values-based conversations really helps set a foundation for openness, transparency, and authenticity. Welcome back to our Video Storytelling Community Engagement Podcast. Today, I talk with Palm Chohan from Conquer Leadership. Palm works with leaders to optimize peak performance through leadership development, team building, and coaching. When embraced, this changes behavior, increases collaboration, improves engagement, and builds stronger culture. You might ask how this connects with video storytelling, but having a clear picture of your core values vision and mission are critical to being able to tell a story that is believable, authentic, and engaging. Look out for more episodes of Video Storytelling for Community Engagement by The Art of Storytelling on all podcast platforms. Palm and I briefly met um, a few years ago when he was at the town of Caledon and I was working on a tourism project for their, uh, their new website. And he was one of the volunteers who participated. From then, um, I did start following him on LinkedIn and I found that everything that Palm was talking about was really interesting to me because it is very applicable to what my clients like to talk about in their videos and in their stories, which is mission, vision, and values. And, and you know, your whole purpose and your why, why do you do what you do? So I am going to ask Palm to introduce himself. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you do and your background and what you do today. For sure. Thank you, Miranda. I appreciate being, being on the podcast with you. Looking forward to a, to a great conversation. So I have about 10 years experience in the world of communications, public relations, uh, including working regional and municipal government in, in the world of comms. Uh, I have a master's in communications management from McMaster Syracuse, and now I own a consulting practice called Conquer Leadership, where I work with aspiring and established leaders to optimize peak performance through leadership development, team building, and coaching. And what I've seen is when this is fully embraced, it, it changes behavior, increases collaboration, improves engagement build stronger culture, all of which impacts and increases productivity in in the right way. Uh, I also work with Trillium Health Partners as a learning and organizational development consultant. So that's leader development, facilitation, coaching. So really my my life revolves around leadership development, coaching, speaking, facilitation. Uh, this, this is what fires me up. This is my jam. And, and ultimately, the work I am privileged to do uh, is changing the trajectory of careers and lives. And I'm seeing that with, with the people that I serve and the conversations that are happening. Excellent. So what this has to do with storytelling, at least for me, and when we spoke earlier, I think we both agreed that it's really important to get your house in order before you start to tell your story. So before you want to tell your people and culture story 
or the whole why and purpose of your business. Um, it's really important to you know go through this kind of process with Palm um, before you you try to make something public. Um, so Palm, tell us what kind of clients do you work with? Like what industries and what size businesses? So the types of clients that that I've had the privilege of working with include nonprofits, uh, municipal government, uh, law enforcement, private colleges. Uh, marketing and advertising agencies, consulting firms. Uh, in terms of industries and size, it it varies, and and I say that specifically because what I'm seeing is the common thread is organizations, teams, leaders that want to invest in training and development to further create high performing teams. This means that team members themselves also have an opportunity or or are given the opportunity to further develop themselves but also knowing that there's there's times where they need to lean on their their colleagues and understanding the intersectionality and the dynamic of that uh, so so really Miranda I work with I work with teams and leaders in in two ways one of them is one-on-one coaching whether that's personal growth coaching or executive leadership coaching, the problems and the challenges that, that folks often have when, when I'm engaged in a coaching uh, relationship with them is, is many things, including wanting to bring further alignment into their lives and professional development, uh, wanting to be more aware and intentional about how they show up, whether it's personal life or professional development. Uh, and personal growth coaching, executive leadership coaching is, they're distinct. Um, but again, the commonalities at that macro level is, as a coach, I'm there to encourage you to stretch, grow, bring some organization and process to, to what needs to be achieved, and also to hold you accountable in an appropriate, authentic, uh, loving, kind way, but to hold you accountable. And if you're already operating at a peak performance level, my job is to help identify any friction that might exist and strategize how to lessen its impact, whether that's negativity, judgment, uh, imposter syndrome, or external obstacles, anything that stands between you and, and achieving your goals. Uh, my job as a coach is to make the implicit explicit so that you can show up with that much more intention and awareness, not by accident. Yeah. So what happens if you don't have a clear picture of your core values and your mission and your vision? There's a greater chance if you don't have a clear picture of core values, mission and vision, there's a greater chance that you'll you're likely to see problems with team engagement, uh, strategic forward progression, right? Spending time on tasks or projects, initiatives, contracts that don't align to where your team and organization is headed or you, where you want them to head. This includes specific things, like, specific things like lack of direction. So teams might struggle with aligning projects and initiatives, contracts, like I mentioned, and make decisions that are in line with overall goals of the organization. It could mean inconsistent decision-making because core values, mission, vision, this serves as a framework for decision-making within an organization. And, and without shared understanding 
shared understanding of these principles, this framework, teams might make decisions that are not aligned to, again, the overall strategy and long-term goals. Now, keeping in mind, though, mission, vision, values doesn't mean uh, painting nice words on the wall of, of your lobby or your office. It means doing deep work with your teams. Mm-hmm. It means having real conversations and bringing others along the journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then ultimately drilling down to answer the question, well, how does mission, vision, values impact the day-to-day? How do you operationalize that in the day-to-day? That relationship and language has to be clear for that work to make sense and for staff and, and the organization to buy into all of that. And during your training, what actually happens during the process um, with the framework of your mission, vision, and values? What does that look like? So this is a way, not the way, but the way that, that works best for me and the teams that I that I bring value to is getting clear on the values first. So perhaps that means a list of core values and maybe aspirational values, knowing that even within the work of values, it's, it's a dynamic process. It's very rarely static and that, okay, these are the only values for now and forever, but perhaps it's a list of core values, aspirational values. Uh, ultimately, this, this works best in small teams. So if there is a large team or multiple departments coming together, perhaps having smaller tables or smaller groups within that larger room. Uh, typically, I usually share a list of values on the screen and ask each table or each mini group to identify the one value the one value that resonates with them the most and their work. Now, it's important to have different departments or different verticals at each mini table. So that doesn't mean having everyone from communications or finance or your project management office all sitting at one table, but having a diversified group of individuals at that table uh, because that will help you get a pulse check on, on the values that come up. Uh, and then ultimately, once everyone has selected a single value, trying to land on four or five or six that that really resonates. And then from there, turn the intention to mission and vision. And, and I typically share mission and vision statements of, of popular brands that we all know to provide an example. So each table would then come up with their own mission and vision statements that connect back to the values. And then from there, once all that's wrapped up, one way to move forward is to to assign a a small temporary working group that will review all of that work, review the values and mission statements, the vision statements, then provide some options to the larger group and then working through all those drafts uh, together in a a short-term working group fashion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds really great. And it, it does sound like it has a lot of value for um, businesses and organizations to at least just even going through that process must be really um, eye opening to them. And from my experience, I've worked with some really large uh, multinational corporations. And, you know, when you're trying to tell their stories, like people and culture stories, 
the large organizations I find often have, maybe it depends on each organization, but I find they have um, a much clearer vision as to what the whole mission and purpose of the company is. And they're able to explain that. They use the right vocabulary. They all are on the same page with that. Compared to some other organizations that, you know, you start to talk to them, same people and culture type video, but they will just say kind of general uh, fluff, like, you know, we're all one family here. And it doesn't actually really mean anything. It doesn't um, It doesn't actually give them any kind of mission or, or purpose. And it's it's really interesting because sometimes, you know, you come out of that interviewing process because I sit and I interview each person and I ask them, you know, similar questions. And then you get totally different answers because the employees are not all on the same page and they haven't been through a process or training like this. So they themselves don't know what is what is the purpose and the mission of this company. Despite having, you know, the words on the wall, it doesn't actually mean anything. Um, and I think that's that's really what drew me to what you're teaching is that I can see that some of my clients need this, whereas other clients have actually been through something like this. And they come out with a much more powerful, well-stitched together story because everyone is on the same page. Absolutely. I, I had the I had the pleasure and privilege of leading a group of healthcare leaders through this workshop and through this exercise. And, and it takes time, right? This isn't a quick, easy band-aid fix. It takes time. And it's through that process of having those conversations that multiple things happen, right? So the team starts coming together. You start building some, some bonds, relationships, engagement. And then you're also doing that mission, vision, values work. So the conversations that were happening around the table with, with that healthcare team and group of healthcare leaders uh, was fantastic. It doesn't mean that everyone agreed on absolutely everything. Of course not. That's not what we want either. But there was healthy conversation and discussion where now they're able to take that forward. And, and a, working, a small working group will be established to, to really pull out okay what are our final or soon to be final drafts of our mission vision and value statements so it, it takes time but it's it's important work uh, to really pull out culture and culture within an organization can make or break that organization right yeah absolutely and do you find that organizations that you work with are sometimes going through like a second round of establishing what their mission and vision uh should be because they might have something from the past and now it's outdated and now they need to to update it and really kind of embed it into the culture do you find um you see a lot of change between the old mission and vision and the the new one that they come up with absolutely i've i've had a couple of conversations, one with a nonprofit and one with the municipal government team, uh, and they're in a similar spot where they're, sorry, they're in two distinct spots, but kind of on the same, same spectrum where one team is doing some of this work. And I can see that there might be some ongoing support needed, perhaps once they've finished this work, because again, it is a dynamic process. And there's another nonprofit I was in conversation with recently. They've done a lot of this work and they've done some fantastic training and development for, for their leaders and their teams. And now it's a matter of, okay, well, well, how do we actually operationalize this? What does this look like in our day-to-day? That being said, like I mentioned before, this, this isn't static work. It's not a one-and-done type of an exercise. 
you may not need to go through the full workshop, a full exercise every year. That might be overkill. But every couple of years, it's worth at least opening up you know, that, that, that book or taking a look at mission, vision, values. Hey, team, are we still aligned? Does this make sense? Has anything changed? And if so, working on perhaps a smaller exercise or engagement process that, that will help update everything that's already there. The hardest thing to is, is to get started. And once that's in place, sometimes it can be a bit easier to maintain once once that heavy lifting has been done at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. So, Pam, tell me about value-based conversations. What does this mean for leaders? Imagine having performance management conversations where some of the initial discussion that takes place is based on the values of both the leader and and their staff. How would that change workplace culture? How would that change improving relationships? How would that impact the bottom line, right? I find, Miranda, values and values-based conversations allows us to look at the person behind the position, allows us to honor the whole person, the whole individual, knowing that everything is connected these days, right? Work impacts home, which impacts community, faith, everything in between. And typically, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Or how you show up in one space is typically how you show up in every space. Some nuance, yes. But if you're a good communicator, then that's going to come to the surface, regardless of who you're with. The language might change, but that's still going to come to the surface. So I find having values-based conversations helps honor the person behind the position and gives a, a, a and allows for a much stronger and deeper type of a conversation. From there, you can then have additional conversations because those are needed to talk about performance, to talk about organizational direction, to talk about projects and whatever the case is. But at the opportune time, when it's needed, when it makes sense, starting off with values-based conversations really helps set a foundation for openness, transparency, and authenticity. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's great. And I noticed in your training that one topic is everyone communicates, few connect. Can you tell us more about that? So this content and curriculum is from one of John Maxwell's books. John Maxwell is a leadership trainer, coach, speaker. Uh, I'm a partner with Maxwell Leadership, which means I have exclusive, exclusive rights to use some of John's material. Everyone communicates, few connect is, is all about building connection, which is ultimately the first building block of leadership. Because if you can't connect with your people, what are the chances you'll have influence or leadership with them? You know, it's, it's funny. I was, I was facilitating a mastermind group last year, which, which I call Project Conquer, um, a mastermind group that we focus on everyone communicates if you connect uh, it was a six-week experience where we had six, seven, eight leaders together in a room. We unpacked or, or sliced and diced uh, different ways to connect, which is, which is almost a layer deeper than, than just communication. One of those ways is building intentional common ground. This is where you go to the person. 
where you meet the person where they're at and identify similarities. And there's always similarities. We've got more in common than we are than we have differences, right? It's just a matter of asking the right questions at the right time. And then once you have that common ground, it's then easier to take someone on a journey within that conversation. But really that common ground helps helps sometimes pull down barriers, helps increase that transparency, authenticity, because it's sometimes a little bit more comfortable to speak with someone that you have something in common with, that you see yourself in them, and then you can take the conversation wherever you'd like to go. So everyone communicates if you connect. It's, it's a fantastic program, curriculum, content that really helps us slice and dice communication, connection in so many different ways so that, again, we can be that much more intentional in building relationships. Mm-hmm. And do you see uh, the training helping people like people who are public facing, like salespeople or business development or communications people? Um, do you find the training helps them when they are now trying to communicate like on social media or anytime that they have to represent the company in some way? Um, do you find once they they have gone through this training and they have a better understanding that they communicate better? Absolutely, because it helps them take the focus off themselves and puts it on the other party in the conversation. There's no bigger turnoff than making a conversation all about yourself. And if you're a salesperson, you don't want to do that because as soon as that turnoff comes up, you potentially lose that client or lead or or customer. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's also about building authentic relationships and having real conversations not just faking it mm-hmm. right because the, you know the, the the famous slogan fake it till you make it well most people can eventually figure out if you're faking it so if the conversations aren't real and you genuinely are not trying to connect that'll come to the surface mm-hmm. so i find once this training does conclude folks are able to build that much more intentional relationships that doesn't mean you have to be best friends with everyone gosh no Mm -hmm. but it does mean sometimes taking the focus off yourself and perhaps deep listening or active listening perhaps does mean um, taking the focus off yourself and asking the right questions at the right time to uncover and discover what the pain points of that particular lead client customer might be mm-hmm. right that's a skillful communicator that's a skillful salesperson someone yeah. that can ask the right questions at the right time yes definitely connecting connecting is is um very critical to you know building your network and building the trust and um um it's really just the the trust factor with your customers and your audience and not making it transactional because there, there might be some conversations, it may not lead to a sale. So being careful that you, you don't want that conversation to be transactional. Yes, we're also some we're also in business and having these types of conversations to further progress business and further move people down the pipeline. But there's there, there can be a, a pleasant way to do it and, and a not so pleasant way to do it. And I've been involved in conversations where someone was very hard trying to sell me and it just didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. When yes. you know, you know. And yes. There's been other conversations where it flowed that much better because of the time, care, and attention 
that was being placed on the conversation and me as a potential customer that made me realize, okay, wait a minute. I actually like this person. I like having a conversation with this person. So I'm now more inclined to purchase their product or service. Yes, absolutely. It's the difference between having a transactional connection and a transformative connection because you want to be able to, um, you know, support each other rather than just one person take from the other one. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's bring this back to um, sharing your story and sharing your company story. How do you feel about the company story as part of the company culture? Or is it the company culture is really what the company story is? Because I sit with I sit with lots of uh, people in leadership and we talk to them about you know their business, what they do, what their mission is. And we're trying to bring out what's the story of the company. Um, and how do you feel that that gets a little bit more embedded in the person and that the person can describe the story better if they have a good understanding of the mission and the vision? I find that the culture and the story, it works best when they're, when they're intertwined. And mission, vision, values can be the glue that brings culture and story together because you're then able to identify language that is consistent in everything that you do and shows up when you're speaking about mission, vision, values, along with projects, initiatives, bottom line, results, all of that good stuff. And it's, it's that common language and that distinct, specific, intentional language or or you can also call it working from the same playbook that allows everyone within the organization to be aligned all the way from the top to the front line. This, this helps create high-performing teams who are on the same page, who are working from the same playbook, and cultivates an, an environment for individual peak performance. Mm -hmm. So now we've got individuals operating at a peak performance level, which further fuels high-performing teams. And again, the result of all that is increased productivity, engagement, satisfaction, all done in the right way. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And also, once you have the right vocabulary that everyone is aware of and using, um, it also comes out of the organization. And you can, you can then see it in the social media, the website, the impact reports, the annual reports, um, you know, any kind of video conversations, any kind of um, external communications that come out of the company um, will also reflect that and be on the same common ground or the same common vocabulary and language. So I think that's I think that's really important to have some kind of cohesiveness to your brand. Because when it's not there, it's very no, very noticeable. Yes, absolutely. And it's very it's very loud and it's very noticeable. Yeah. When it is there, it can often be the same too. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Is there anything else you want to add, Pam? Other than the fact that that again, this is it's important work. It does take time. Um, if I can be of any value, twenty one. Uh, whether it's just a, a one-off conversation or if you'd like to explore what a mission, vision, values, exercise workshop could look like, please let me know. I'm, I'm happy to add value, serve as best as I can. Um, and the more organizations that take this work seriously, uh, the better you'll be off with, with increased engagement, breaking down silos, all of that good stuff, which ultimately impacts productivity. And who doesn't want a more productive and happy and engaged 
workforce. So thank you very much, Miranda, for, for the opportunity. I'm looking forward to, to having some conversations after, after this podcast with, with anyone that might be interested in, in doing so. Absolutely. And thank you so much for being here with us today.